Welcome in Jock Market Power Hour for this week's BMW Championship. I'm Rick Gaiman. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, here we go. Short field, four guaranteed rounds. Giddy up. Giddy up, buddy. A little adjusted payout structure this week. 68. I said 70 earlier. 68 correction in the field. Uh, we'll talk about how that, that breaks down in terms of a little bit of differences in paying out the top 50 this week. Excited uh, to kind of keep this playoff momentum rolling. Had a fun a fun tournament last week uh, with a great ending. So I'm sure we'll recap that as well. Yeah, we will. If you're uh, stumbling in here for the first time, welcome. Good to have you. We're playing stock market DFS. It's the jock market. And what you're able to do over the course of the next, I don't know, 40, 45 minutes or so is bid on shares of golfers. If you are the high bidder, come a minute or two before 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Those shares are allocated to you. But Joe, if you miss out, if you miss out on the IPO, that like that's not it. You can buy shares literally at 901 or 902 and go throughout this event trading every which way from Wednesday. Yeah, I was experimenting and toying with a little bit of the uh the shorting a little bit more last week. Got on a couple of guys that worked out well for me. Um, but you can do that in event, you can add shares, you really want to pay attention to uh, the bid and the ask price and really the spread between those two numbers as the event sort of moves along. Weather is always important. How the course is playing that particular day. You can use um, all different types of data to try and get a little bit of an edge. But like you mentioned, holes one through 72, the the app, the, the experience is all active and updating. Shorting JJ spawn on Sunday probably would have been pretty Ooh. good, right? I think he fell from first to 39th or something like that. That yeah, that sound yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, my brother, I was talking to him, had a bunch of JJ Spawn shares. He's probably in here watching now. Uh, tough week, tough week for any Spawn holders. It was really like it felt like Spawn and Straka. It felt like you knew it was going to happen to one of them. It was yeah. just kind of picking the right one to short. Um, unfortunately, JJ Spawn plummeted down, and, and Sep was able to hold on to get himself into a into a playoff and a twenty dollar payout off an unbelievable two dollar IPO price. That was crazy. Yeah, there you go. You're looking at it. Uh, this is last week's market. Uh, Sepp Strzok, a big time mover, two dollars to twenty dollars. Brian Harmon, four twenty to eighteen bucks a share. Lucas Glover, two fifty six to sixteen dollars a share. And then, oh yeah, by the way, the winner, Will Zalatoris, who got that guaranteed twenty five dollar a share payout. Joe was only seven thirty three last week. Uh, made a lot of people a lot of uh, cashola in Memphis. Yeah, it was a good, like, well-rounded, I thought, um, field. I, I did pretty well. I had a lot of sort of the mid guys without getting anyone inside the top five. Um, was able to turn a solid profit on Rom, who we saw go for, like, what was his only second time ever under $8. So it just kind of goes back to that notion that we always talk about with this show. And um, there's always a good time to sort of buy, buy low and, and sell high on different players and kind of evaluating all that data, which is right there readily available for free on your site um, is always a helpful tool. Yeah. Rickrungood.com. It's underneath free tools. Have at it. Enjoy. And if you haven't deposited yet, uh, you're crazy, but the code you're looking for there. Power. That's a $100, $100 instant deposit match, and you can get involved right now. There's also a free market. I always forget to mention that. You know, there I get messages constantly, Joe, that's like, oh, I've made $700 in just free markets in my life. Like, if, if you're not ready to get into the cash markets yet, or for whatever reason, like, go, at least go play the free markets. 
Yeah, totally free actual cash payouts. There's other sports as well. Baseball, football's right around the corner, which is huge. So I know they've got some promos coming in the upcoming weeks uh, as football begins to launch. So they do every, like Thursday, Sunday, early slate, Sunday night game. They have all of that kind of stuff for Monday as well. Um, so yeah, a ton of different ways to play. I'm going to get into our um, bullish or bearish segment, but before I do, you alluded to this. This is a small field, 68 golfers down from the 70 that qualified, which means we we have to adjust the payout structure here, right? Because normally it would be any golfer uh, down to 80th would get something over a dollar per share guaranteed. What does that payout structure look like this week and how does that change the market? Yeah, so it's a little bit skewed. So obviously with only 68 guys in the field, they aren't going to pay out the top 80, right? So they move down to um, the, the bare minimum mark is 50th place. Anything above 50th this week is going to pay out more than that minimum of a dollar per share, which is actually like, it seems quite advantageous for me as a player because you look at only 18 guys in this entire field are going to get that minimum per share payout when usually if you're doing it, you know, top 80 in a field of 150 players, roughly half the field is getting that. Um, so a bigger percentage, I'm looking kind of like at, at a couple of markers in terms of like the $10 and the $5 mark in terms of where those are normally at. Um, this week, it's ninth or better t- is going to pay out over 10. It's usually 12, but still like the top nine guys in a 68 man field is like, I don't know. I don't have the, the a calculator in front of me. Roughly like 14, 15 percent of the field is going to pay out. $10 or more this week, which is much higher, my point being, than we see on a normal weekend, week out basis. Is this like the strongest feel? Well, obviously not the strongest feel in golf, but you know, even like one of the old like WGCs, like the invitationals, um, like CJ Cup, when that was like 78 golfers, you'd have like 20 guys that were like the world qualifiers. This is like one through 68, all fairly legitimate because you've had to you've had to earn your spot into this. Totally. And I feel like that that's part of the reason why I think maybe some of the fair values, like even for the top guys being in like the $5 mark seem, seem off to me for, for me, like if you're looking at a guy like Rory or Cantlay or Scheffler, and we'll get into it in a minute, but their odds of finishing top 10 in this type of field with only 68 other players are probably better than a full strong field event of 150 guys. So We'll see kind of how those fair values come into play. They really don't matter except to give you like an expectation mark during the IPO. But once this thing, once we get out of this like eight to to nine o'clock hour, um, all of that goes away and it's just whatever you're willing to bid on it and and the market will determine the price. Yeah. And if you're new, uh, like Brett here, he says, is there a tutorial on how to start this IPO market? So Joe, really... I guess, you know, the basics are get get comfy with what the payouts are, which you can see in the app, right? And you can try to figure out, okay, if I'm willing to pay $6 for a golfer per share, you know, what does he need to finish to turn me a profit? Am I comfortable with that? And then really, um, you know, now would be a good time. We've got 20 minutes to go. Go buy one share of a golfer, right? Go totally. buy, get like, get, get the rep in, buy a share of a $2 golfer, a bid on a share, like that and and see if see if you can get comfortable with the process would you agree absolutely get comfortable with the process even take advantage of the free markets first of all happy to have you brett thanks for joining us 
Um, great to have you in the Jock Market app as well. But yeah, there are tutorials. I believe Jock Market has a YouTube page. We've done a couple of videos, I believe, are up there and sort of just like might be us doing them. <laughs> yeah, explaining the explaining the basics of the game. So um, feel free to check those out. But yeah, I would recommend buying a couple of shares now, just getting a feel for how it works, how you sort of click through the process of submitting an order for your shares, how it looks within the app, um, and be ready for those last five minutes because things go very quickly. Yeah, it'll get spicy towards the end uh, when all those bids are going to be flying in. Okay, let's play a game. And the game we play is called Bullish or Bearish, our opportunity to take a stand on four different golfers, Joe. And we're going to start with a couple of guys. Actually, we've got we've got a lot of guys near the top of the board here, as, as expected with the strength of this field. Uh, our defending champion is number one. That is Patrick Cantlay. Now, we're trying to figure out what these fair values are going to be tonight. Jock market lists Patrick Cantlay's fair value at 555. He's already surpassed that. So we're we're probably talking um I don't know. What would you set the the, the fair value on Patrick Cantlay at this evening? Like I think he's going to get to low nines, honestly. Okay. So that would be like 10th or better. So we'll 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 call it let's call it 950, 10th or better for Patrick Cantlay. Are you bullish or are you bearish? Okay, so that changing the price up that much changes things a little bit. I think overall, I'm I'm bullish on Cantlay this week. I bet Cantlay this week. I think that he does set up well for this type of course. We're back on bent grass. You look right there. Is that is that the last uh, ten That's starts 10. that you have up? That's ten. Yeah. Yes, you see two second places, a third in there, a fourth in there. So while he hasn't got that win, he's still averaging almost 30% ROI over the last 10 starts. He's made you money in six out of the last 10. I think this is a great course fit for him. Defending champ. Um, if he can put it relatively well, the iron play is seemingly seemingly come back into form where he was so good at like last winter-ish, I guess you can call that stretch of the season from like November through February. Um, had a little bit of a lull there in the spring, but really got things turned around. As you can see that the graph points to lately, I'll say bullish. I will too. Uh, slight, slightly bullish. I, I think that um, th it's a great time of year for Patrick Cantlay. He's proven that to us a couple of times. When you get to these large, fast bent grass greens, that's the opportunity for him to get hot with the flat stick. And yeah. this this uh, last 10 star, I mean, this doesn't even cover Zurich, which he also won as well, because that was not a, a jock market covered event. So he's probably even playing better than the 29.8% ROI kind of um, alludes to. So I'll take bear, uh, bullish, but it, it's going to be close. I mean, asking anybody in this field to finish inside the top nine or 10 out of 68 of the best is kind of a scary proposition. Yes, totally. Next up, another guy we're going to probably ask to do the same uh, is Justin Thomas. And let's just, I mean, if if if, if we have Cantlay at like 9 or 9.50, you got to think JT's got to be somewhere up there as well. He's been, let's see, um, well, he's been 8.45, 8.44, and 9.69 in the last four. Yeah, he's probably right there with Patrick Cantlay. I'll take a bearish side on him. Um, the putter, mostly for right. me. I okay. feel like it's really like, and, and you have the data, obviously, but just from an, an eye perspective, he just has gotten back to in one of these ruts where he's just seemingly not making anything and the ball striking numbers haven't been enough to overcompensate for that. He had his one really good putting week at the PGA championship where you see that $25 spike in three missed cuts out of the last 10 starts is very unjustin Thomas. Like it's un 
becoming of like the third or fourth best player in the world. They're typically a lot more consistent than that. We've seen those inconsistencies. Um, just I'm con- I have concerns mainly about the putter. Like you saw Patrick Cantley win this event last year, albeit at a different course, but he gained like 15 strokes with the putter. Now that's probably not going to be the case this week, but you're going to have to be positive and probably substantially positive versus the field this week in order to win. And that's my concern right now with a very high price JT. Yeah, I, I thought I was taking crazy pills for most of the week, right? I mean, I know I know the sentiment is very high on Justin Thomas, and he's phenomenal. He could go out and win this by losing strokes putting. I get that. But I just, when when you're looking at the elites of the elite, you got to find flaws. And, and, and the four straight events that he's lost strokes with the putter, when that's his biggest issue, right? Like that's just going back to a larger, longer term issue for Justin Thomas. He's a loser in the last 10 cash markets. I, I'm not going to have any of them. I'm out there on JT. Who do we there got? We have it. This one's fun. Sahith Tagala. Uh, we have him at 451. We should probably bump that up a little bit. Let's call it, let's call it like 550, which would be 21st or better for Sahith out of a 68 player field. What was the finishing position? 21st? Uh, 21st, yes. I'll say bearish there. I love Sahith. Um, I had shares of him last week that paid off. Just very boom or bust for me. Um, I don't know exactly how the course is going to play. I have an idea, but the unknowns of it worry me a little bit with his sort of aggressive style. Um, I just am unsure of asking him to finish in the top 20 of a field this strong with this many big names off of a good week last week. He's had these like even last week I had him and it was like one really good round in three very stagnant rounds. So if he needs to be able to put together at least two solid rounds where he picks up a lot on the field to be able to to creep in there this week with all the motivation, with now all of these great players that last week maybe had a little shake, a little bit of rust, they're all coming in fresh, they're all coming in motivated, they're all coming in ready, uh, I'll say bearish on Sahith. Okay, I could probably be convinced either way, but I had this down as as bullish. I mean, he's a, he's a jock market stud. This is... Yeah. This is 20 markets, 33% ROI, but you got to realize how he does this. He's a loser in 12 out of 20. So that's mm-hmm. that's spike weeks, which is what you're asking for. We've talked about this a lot with him. It's just like he's raw, he's talented, he is an artist, he is not a technician, right? Like he's going to have really really good weeks, really really bad weeks, but you know, the guaranteed four round thing is kind of exciting. And you know, you're going to get a ceiling, right? Like you're going to get like, I don't know, a 62 out of him or something like that. At some point, I don't know when it's coming. You probably also get like a 75, but it's, it's coming, um, which is always very exciting. And I, I, um, I was pulling the no cut data earlier and he's got, I mean, he's obviously very young. He doesn't have a lot of data, but like these types of events, I think he thrives in a little bit more because he avoids that one bad round on a Thursday, Friday, and gets sent home. Now he gets to play all four, and you know the good stuff's coming eventually. Yeah, and he does feel like like the season that um, like you, we see what Zalatoris did in technically a second year, and then what Cameron Young did, and these guys, these are really super elite young players. 
Like, I think his season is very underrated in, in perspective with them. Like, these guys are 14 to 1 and 25 to 1. So, his 100. Um, he's not that far off of like their talent level when things go right for him. Um, I just think he needs to break through and get that victory, albeit I think the ask is maybe a little bit much at the BMW Championship. I do think it, it could come in the fall, and it's definitely, I think, I, I like him to get it within the next year. Tony Finau is our last guy. He's been catching steam as uh, he's obviously not the favorite to win the FedEx Cup, but he's kind of like the favorite dark horse long shot guy. I think I saw him at 14 to one last night to win the FedEx Cup, which is like if it's available to Whoa. you. Might might want to go grab that if it's available to you somewhere. Um, Tony Finau has been 744, 895, 905 in the last three weeks. So let's put him at eight, 875, which would essentially be asking him to finish 12-ish or better for big hunky Tony. You a bull or are you, are you a bear? Bull. Big time bull on Finau this week. Um, he's been awesome. The hottest player, I do believe, on the planet. First, first, fifth in his last three starts. Um, he's flipped around this putter and like, it's very hard to, to realize what we thought about Finau maybe a year ago, but I'm looking at like eight of the last 10 starts. He's gained strokes and significant strokes putting. You see, obviously the two wins, you see the seven of the last 10, 61% ROI. It's kind of undeniable and he's doing it in every way. The putting on bent grass has been spectacular. Top five in the field. He can do it off the tee with his distance. He's been great over the last like 24, 36 rounds in terms of scrambling. So even if he does miss some of these narrow fairways and the rough I know is up a little bit like Finau can get it out of there and get it on the green from just about anywhere. All parts of the game appear to be clicking. I think um, if I'm getting this course correctly, this is a much better fit for him this week than we even had last week in Memphis where he finished fifth. Um, I think the guy's going to win. I'm taking him. I'm bullish. You use the word undeniable. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what could I possibly say? in the negative about Tony Finau right now, 62% ROI in his last 10, obviously a couple of wins, but even without those, he's been great. You mentioned the advanced metrics. You mentioned the golf course. You mentioned the moment. I mean, there's just, I, I have nothing else to add. I have nothing else yeah. to add. I think you kind of have to be bullish on what Tony Finau is building to it. And I'm serious. Like if you have a 14 to one, Tony Finau FedEx cup, great bet. champion available to you. You know, if he I I didn't think he had his best stuff last week. He finished fifth. I thought no. he, I thought he was like C minus for the last three rounds. That's that's terrifying. If he goes out, finishes fourth or fifth, adds another bunch of FedEx Cup points, gets himself a couple shots uh, away from the top. I mean, this is I'm serious. Go find a fourteen to one on Tony Finau to win the FedEx Cup. <laughs> He's awesome. Like the talent, and we've known it for years. Has always been there, but. You mix it with like this injection of the ultimate drug in golf, which is confidence that he has right now more than anyone. Um, and it could be a deadly combination. And yeah, like if he if he wins this week, he would be the leader. Is that correct? It's worth enough oh, points. Almost certainly. They're like it's like two thousand okay. points. Yeah, he would be basically whoever wins this week w uh, will be in the lead, as assuming they are currently. Let's see. Uh, there are the top 17 golfers. Uh, if any wow. of them win, well, I guess it would depend on what the other guys do, but they could they could surpass Zalatoris's total right now. It doesn't. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, if Zalatoris finished second, but you get my point. Yeah. 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 
Um, okay. So here's what we got to do. It is by my clock, 8.36 PM Eastern time. So we've got about 20 or 25 minutes until this IPO closes. Closes just before nine o'clock. I can see the bidding really spicing up here. I'll reveal the big board. We have a, a board that shows the live pricing here in just a second. But Joe, um, we've been talking about the smaller field. We're, we're figuring out the smaller pay or the, the, uh, the different payout structure. Uh, is that going to just change your strategy tonight? Is it, is it, is it make you more likely to get more golfers, less golfers, different golfers? Like, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably my idea coming into the next 20 minutes is to stick to my normal strategy of like probably seven, eight guys. Although that I'm, I'm willing to adapt it. I feel like in the pricing is probably already indicating that, that the fair value numbers were off. So, um, if I feel like there's enough value at the top, I may be willing to go more so up there because just the percentage of the field that's going to finish like above five and above the $10 mark. Um, I do feel like the price points will get higher than we normally see. So if I don't see that, um, I may plunge some more dollars in up top, but going to try my ideas to stick to the strategy and the formula that has worked the last couple of weeks for me. The most expensive golfer in tonight's jock market right now, the man, the myth, the legend, John Rahm, who outside of last week has just been the king of jock market, right? He's almost always the most expensive golfer, and it doesn't seem like there's much problem in terms of sentiment right now, Joe. $7.99 a share at the moment. That is going to, as of right now... Already more. Say again? Already more than last week. Already more than last week to finish about 13th or better. Yeah, you're right. He was 781 last week and he was 805 at the Open Championship. He's going to snap through that quite easily tonight. So um, it, it looks like Rom is going to be the big boy this evening. Um, what price would you stop at? 10. Wow. I think I'd stop at 10. Yeah, that's like basically a top, uh, what, like eight finish. Um, yeah, man, it's it's... I don't know. I'm not quite there on Rom. There are other guys that I can see myself going a little higher on. Um, one good finish, although I do think he's like super scary this week because um, besides maybe Colin Morikawa, who's also scary, like John Rom can like totally turn around his season in terms of like what his expectation level was after post tour championship last year and what the last year has been. I think that he is. Um, you know, probably disappointed himself in, in where he thought he was going to be at a win, one win at the Mexico Open. Um, he expects more than that. So I think that he's fully motivated and been really working really hard to gear up for these these last three weeks of the season. Um, not quite going to just overpay for for one good week. Though. I'd rather see guys who have done it a little more consistently over the last six to eight weeks. Next up. Tony Finau, 666. We already spoke about him. Patrick Cantlay, 654. Already spoke about him. Matt Fitzpatrick, 625. Can we just like hat tip Matty Fitzpatty? This guy, look at his 2022. So this is, let's see, since Pebble, which was the first jock market event he played in 2022. Big win, big win. Loser, win, loss. Then he starts going on this stretch where he returns you triple digits nearly every single week. Uh, he's a staple inside the top five. He's incredibly well-rounded. He's great off the tee. It, it's kind of, it, it's weird. I know people get gun shy when you're talking about betting him outright um, because he's so consistent. He doesn't have like the super ceiling stuff, but dude, this is like, he's like the jock market pro. 
Yeah, he, he'd probably be king of this season in terms of jock market with the top players, with the amount of top fives that he's had. Yeah. Um, he's been fantastic. And like, I have a lot of respect for what he's done because um, it's you can tell that he's really put the work in, right? He's improved every part of his game. He takes it very seriously. Like for him to make this massive leap in, in driving distance um, just shows you the effort and 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 how much it means to him. So he's really deserving of of where he's at now. We'll see where he finishes this week. I don't um I don't know that like I love the course for him, but there really hasn't proven to be a course that can really stop him at this point. Um, he's basically a lock for a top six, it feels like in the last couple of events. So playing really well, very deserving of of being right at the top of the board. Cam Young is 588. Justin Thomas is 587, Xander Shoffley 536, and Scotty Scheffler 522. Worth noting, Joe, Scotty sports the number one pre-rank. So that's important here in the jock market. That's how we break ties. So if Scotty Scheffler's in a five-way tie for third, he gets the third place payout. That, that's how this works. Yep. Uh, of these $5 golfers, the four of them, any concerns about any of them? Any guys that you have favorited for tonight looking to target? This is probably going to be hot take express, but what are we doing with Cameron Young this week? Everyone like it's gotten the he, he was I bet him 110 to one like a month ago at the Open Championship, and now he's like everyone's favorite pick this week. Um, he's down in some books I saw just a minute ago to 22 to one to win this event. Um, he's not at the caliber of Xander, of Scheffler, of Justin Thomas, of Patrick Cantlay. He's just, it's just not there yet. Um, he could win. It, it can get there, but I'm, I don't, I don't see it this week. I feel like he's way too overvalued in terms of like a place like jock market, where you're just trying to maybe sell out on a stock that, that could be at an all time high based on who he's priced around. Um, I'm just not going to go there. What do yeah. you think? You like him? Well, it, it's it is heavily like format dependent here, right? Like I bet him outright, but I think I got him at twenty eight to one. And yeah. also, I won't be playing him in like DFS situations where it's going to be really popular. So it's yep. like this this is entirely format dependent on totally. Cameron Young. Um, I think this is an interesting format for him because he doesn't have to win, um, and he's been one of the most profitable golfers. Good point on the face of the, uh, uh, you know, on the tour, especially the like without a win, right. You know, the, the, the runner up finishes and the third place finishes that he's piled up. So yeah. I think I'm more bullish here. I'm definitely more bullish here than I am in like other fantasy situations. Uh, but yeah, I mean like, listen, there's a reason he's popular. The metrics are, the metrics are, uh, pointing in his favor, but I, it, there's, there's a number for everybody, Joe, which is what we yep. talk about all the time. Agree. $4 that gets you, uh, as of right now, Cam Davis, Colin Moore, Cal, Corey Connor, Sung J M. Do you have a, a thought or a concern about any of these guys? Interested in Morikawa and kind of where he finishes. Um, just seeing some glimpses last week appeared to ha ha be back to his normal stock shot shape. His swing appeared back to sort of that smooth, buttery look that we were so used to. And the fact that he was able to, to figure maybe just a, a, an inkling of something out on the putting greens is always a positive sign with him. Cameron Davis, I I do love this week, but he's overvalued at this point being around those other guys. Sung Jay has interest to me, like moving down. It, it, I don't wouldn't mind going back to Will Z. I know that price is going to get a heavy bump, but he just throws like 100 to 150 yards, which 
I, I know this strategy is flawed, but looking at the scorecards, it feels to me like you're going to have a lot of, of very short iron and wedges. And the guy just seemingly throws it to like 10 feet. Now he's confident. Now he's got the putter. We've seen back-to-backs happen. Um, it wouldn't shock me. And I think he gets a big run and a big push over the last 10 minutes or so. Yeah, Cam Davis, as much as I love the guy, he's already over his fair value. He's catching too much steam. And he got a he got a bad pre-rank. 36 is like, yeah, that's tough. I mean, also Fitzpatrick too. Fitzpatrick getting a 22nd pre-rank is dirty. Like there's, he shouldn't be 22nd. It's just right which is a little bit unfortunate because especially in golf where you get so many ties, like that's the difference between it could be a dollar or two a share or something like that, depending, yeah. on, depending on what it, what it ends up being. Um, let's continue to roll down here. You kind of got into Will Zaltoris a little bit uh, and potentially him not going back to back, but playing well in back to back weeks. Victor Hovland is 288. These are obviously uh, prices that are going to get more mature, Joe. But as we look at them right now for the $2 boys, is there something of note that you see here? Uh, I like Victor. I really do this week. Um, I see right now he just got to jump to 444, seventh pre rank, which I think is, is very fair. Um, I like that. I just think that he can kind of bomb driver here. The huge greens should somewhat mitigate a lot of the, the chipping and maybe the bunker and sand shots that he's normally have. If he can just go um, T to green and have a decent putting week, I think that the form has really started to turn around. And we saw some of that at the open championship backed it up last week for the most, like with the exception of a couple bad holes, um, played some pretty good golf last week as well. I think this could be a good setup for, for him. Yeah, 445, uh, as Joe points out, just got a little bit of a bump there. Seventh pre-ranked golfer, still uh, almost almost a dollar short of his fair value. Let's turn this around and look at the top 10 golfers here. Pre-rank is really important. Um, I think Aaron Wise or Aaron Wise's like mom or brother or best friend does the pre-ranks. He is always unbelievably overvalued. I mean, I love the guy, but the sixth pre-rank feels aggressive to me. Whatever the algorithms are for Aaron Wise, it's on like times 0.1, 1.5 or something like that. He always gets his massive boost. Somebody pointed it out earlier. I'm not sure uh, how we fix that. Maybe just enough rounds, it'll level itself out, but uh, certainly undeserving of a six pre-rank, but it matters. So um, if you want to pay a little bit extra for him this week, it could break it. He's going to win a tie against Hovland, Zalatoris, Burns, Morikawa, Finau, like all guys who've won recently. Um, pretty wild stuff. Xander, Rom, yeah. he's going to win. Like it is, it's it's nuts. Um, which looking at it the other way, Sung JM is here as the fourth pre-ranked golfer, which means he only loses ties to Rory, Cantlay, Scheffler. He's been a winner in three straight. Talk about momentum, Joe. Talk about confidence. I'm hoping he kind of gets lost in the shuffle amongst the other top end golfers because I'd I'd love to stock up on on Sung Jay tonight. Yeah, second, second, twelfth. The last three starts are amazing, and and what I think is important there is is there were starts right. He played the 3M. He played the Wyndham. So it wasn't just coming off this big lull from major championship season and, and trying to get back into it. He had two starts in there and two very effective ones at $20 payouts, backed it up with another solid week. I think he had the round of the day last week on Saturday, I believe, where you could have got some good numbers in the jock market for him if you bought in before that. Uh, yeah, so he's been playing great. Um, should, yeah, fourth pre-rank makes him very lucrative. Certainly. How about Sam Burns here, right? So look at this. So the ninth pre-ranked golfer outside of 
Aaron Wise. He's significantly the cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get. Played well last week, outperformed his expectation, returns you 15%. That snapped a streak of four consecutive losses, Joe. I would have maybe it's coming, but I would have expected an earlier run on Sam Burns to this point. Yeah, I'm I'm good with Sam Burns this week. I bet him. Um, I I have just a weird feeling that um, hopefully public sentiment that I haven't heard many other people on him will, will t- temper his price a little bit tonight. So we'll see. It's obviously way too low at this point, but um, the approach numbers have still been very solid. He hits it plenty long off the tee. He's a great putter. He's a great lag putter, and he just has this volatility um, that works sometimes. So when you get the booms, we've seen uh, plenty of wins come in there, and we know that he can compete. We know that he's not afraid to stare down basically anyone in this field, whether it comes down to a playoff or a late Sunday. Uh, yeah, I, I love his upside, and if we can get a discounted price on him tonight, I'll be very happy. 386 per share at the moment, and it is 8.59 p.m. Eastern time. So we've got a couple of minutes here before we're going to let Joe go do his thing. The code you're looking for, power, link in the description, get you your deposit bonus you can get involved here. Let's continue to find some value here, Joe. And um, there's a lot of really high upside golfers with maybe some question marks down here. Uh, I'm referring to Hideki Matsuyama, $2 a share. Jordan Spieth, 475, Max Homa, 401. And I'll even lump like Joaquin Neiman into the mix, 506. I, I generally just don't know what to do with these guys. Hideki's an interesting one because um, he's, he's got a little bit of a moniker for like bouncing back off of a, off of a withdrawal. Um, I don't really know. Like I know that he, he kind of shortened his practice round. There's so many concerns, but what we do know about jock market is um, if he doesn't tee it up, they will refund all of your share. So at $2 per share, you know, you're not asking a whole lot out of him. And, and would this be a great course for him? Should he be coming in in decent form and healthy? I would say 100% yes. Big bent grass greens, narrow fairways um, should be a place that you would really lean on a player like Hideki. Worries me. But, uh, you know, you have that comfort pillow with jock market that you don't have in a betting market or other fantasy platforms where you know if he doesn't play, um, you can kind of you can get your money back. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. He is inherently risky, but he is less risky in this format than basically any other format that you could ask yeah. for. So uh, worth noting there. Okay, let's find some real, real deep value here. So I've just gone way down the board. Last couple of minutes before I get you out of here, uh, Joe. I mean, this is this is wide open, right? I mean, I think we're going to see maybe a little bit of love for Taylor Pendrith. You could argue Davis Riley and JT Poston, but I mean the bottom 20 golfers. And we saw this last week, right? We saw it with Sepp Strzok. We saw it with JJ Spawn. We saw it with um, Brian Harmon and, and Lucas Glover. Like guys can come out of this range. Who do you have your eye on? I uh, don't mind Adam Hadwin. Kisner played pretty well last week that I see you have there. Also, I had him some of him and finished top 20, I believe. Um, so there's an avenue. I think a lot of people are, are, are factoring in driving distance pretty heavily, but I think protecting yourself against maybe it playing the other way around. And even like we look at us opens, there's always a couple of these guys who are able to hit enough fairways and take advantage of it. If you are super accurate off the tee, nice bounce back week for Denny McCarthy as well, who we saw very overvalued a couple of weeks. So maybe an opportunity to hop back in there, but absolutely this shortened field, like if you're trying to get in on guys at a certain 
at a certain price point, right? If you're looking at like that $3 mark, they need to finish 33rd. So they need to finish in the top half of this field. Um, willing to take some chances in like the twos and the threes. If we see guys around there to basically finish in the top half and then everything better than that is on a spectrum uh, for the positive. Okay, last call here. Um, there was a couple of guys kind of in the middle here. Okay, like some of these like savvy vets that like kind of get lost in between the, the stars of now and then like the young guys who are trying to figure it out. Like Adam Scott, Keegan Bradley, I'd even throw HV3, Mark Leishman, like anything here, Chris Kirk, or is this just like, we're, they're not going to find a way into your portfolio tonight? I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, if they're, if they're two, three bucks, yeah, I don't mind Adam Scott. He played pretty well. I don't mind Chris Kirk either. Um, Tyrell Hatton, I have, I may need to update, but I think you had him a little higher, but I see 388 here. He was intriguing last week with the exception, kind of like Victor of a couple of bad holes, um, was pretty solid T to green the entire week. So um, yeah, like at this point, this, this middle beef range, uh, looks pretty nice. If you can get one of them to finish in the top 10, it will make up for, for one or two other ones that, that maybe flame out. All right, Joe, get out of here. Joe is going right. to, uh, go make his bids right now. He's going to try to steal golfers away from you to build his portfolio. And hopefully you will steal some away from him. And then, uh, in a few minutes, we'll all get back together, see how the dust settled and see who Joe and everybody else was able to grab. And I'll take you the rest of the way here with the big board uh, by my clock, 8.53 p.m. Eastern time. So we've got a couple of minutes here until this IPO closes just before 9 p.m. Eastern. If you want to get involved, you could, there's still time. Use the code POWER. Get your deposit bonus. Go and start making your bids. And we'll give this big board a refresh and see where we stand. And where we stand is with John Rahm still as the most expensive golfer in the jock market, $8.26. Well over his fair value, but I think everybody's going to be well over their fair value. This is uh, more expensive than he was in Memphis, more expensive than he was at the old course in St. Andrews, and is kind of likely that he is going to be the most expensive golfer here tonight. Scotty Scheffler, big run there, now up to $7.50. The built-in value of him breaking all the ties uh, is worth something. Everyone trying to figure out what that's worth right now. He's the number one pre-ranked golfer. Being the number 22 pre-ranked golfer, not keeping people away from Matt Fitzpatrick, 716 with Tony Finau at 712, Justin Thomas at 707, and that man right there, Rory McIlroy, who just saw a large jump up to $7 a share. Rory McIlroy has not been below eight bucks since the Masters. He was 780 that week, finished runner-up. Remember that? The Sunday charge? Yeah, I think we all do. Patrick Cantlay, who was an early front runner in this market, 690 as of right now. He's the seventh most expensive golfer with Cam Young checking in at 675 and Will Zalatoris at 668. Let me try to get this board a refresh here. We'll check in on the top 10 golfers. See how they are shaking up if you want to get access to one of those guys who are more likely to break the ties. So here we go. Um, number one pre-ranked golfer. Already talked about him, Scotty Scheffler. Sung J M 634 with that fourth pre-rank. Aaron Wise, probably as expected, the cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get, 472. But Sam Burns is next. Still kind of lagging there. 550. That's the cheapest on Sam Burns since oh boy. Um 
last year's BMW championship. Believe it or not, it's been a year since you could get Sam Burns this low. We'll see if he continues to rise up the board. Seamus Power, very generous 12th in the pre-rank, $3.40. Flip it around, go the other way. We'll look at the most uh, we'll look at the cheapest guys down here. We'll see if we can find a little bit of value. Some guys we uh, did and did not talk about. Kevin Kisner now up to $2.56 a share. Denny McCarthy up to $3.21. That's still about a dollar short of his uh, fair value. Trey Molinax, $3.26. Uh, he was $3 last week when he got you that 233% ROI. He was $3.29 the week before when he got you that 26% ROI. And he was $2.51 at the Open Championship when he got you that 146% ROI. So right now, 326 for Trey Molinax to see if he can continue to keep the good times rolling. Let me refresh the big board and make sure that I have the most up-to-date data here. 8.57 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. That is just a few minutes left in tonight's market. So when these bids... Oh, look at this. Look at this. Rory McIlroy trying to make a run here. Rory's 8.22. That's now only 13 cents behind... John Rom, he's got a significantly better pre-rank than John Rom, three versus fifteen. So Roy McIlroy only loses ties to Patrick Cantlay and Scotty Scheffler. John Rom loses them to like everybody or a lot of guys. Uh, so Roy McIlroy trying to get this late charge up the board. Uh, Victor Hovland has uh, crept up six dollars and thirty-four cents. He's uh, about a quarter better than Colin Morikawa at the moment, $6.15. We talked about Cam Davis a little bit earlier, 501, so he continues to extend. And there's Terrell Hatton at $5 a share. That's the same price as Tom Kim, same price as Max Homa, which is more expensive than Corey Connors. What has Shane Lowry been up to? $4.86. He's a loser in four straight markets. So maybe sentiment starting to figure itself out a little bit because this is the cheapest that we've seen Shane Lowry again since last year's BMW championship. This IPO is going to close soon. Could close at any minute. We're at 8.58 PM Eastern time. So we're definitely in that kind of that window where this thing can lock up and can shut us down. Try to get this big board refresh one more time. See if Rory took over the top spot. He hasn't yet. Uh, nobody's Nobody has sniffed $10, which is probably smart here. Nobody's even sniffed $9. We'll see if we get there, but uh, the, the change in structure this smaller field, tempering pricing just a little bit. Rory still at 822. John Rahm still at 835. I think we got a little bit of a boost there from Tony Finau. He's now up to 745. Tony's just been awesome. He was 744 last week. So settling into a very similar price this time around. And Joe mentioned that Colin Morikawa has. Uh, he's, he's signed off on, he said, yeah, the cuts back, the baby cuts back. I'm back to using the conventional putting grip on the greens seems to be working out well for me. And it did last week in terms of a top five finish at the FedEx St. Jude championship, eight We're moments away. We're moments away from this thing shutting down. We're going to see if I can get another refresh or two in here. We're going to see if Rory McElroy can make the move. And he has, he overtakes John Rom. Rom stuck at eight Rory says, Check you later. 856 for Rory. Now the most expensive golfer. Scotty Scheffler, believe it or not, despite the putting struggles, uh, despite the struggles in Memphis, no concerns here. $7.90, the third most expensive golfer. Close it down. All right, we're done. We are done. IPO is closed. Congratulations to all the shares that you got. Brent says that was bonkers. 
<laughs> JG says, I lost X, Xander Shoffley, at the buzzer. Brett says, wow, had a lot stolen right at the end. Yeah, that's that's it, Joe, right? That's how it works. That's it, Brett. Welcome to Jock Barkett. Uh, I lost some Xander at the buzzer, too. He was way too cheap for a while. Um, yeah, it doesn't look like anyone even got to nine, so I was a little wrong on the pricing. I lost a lot of guys. Let me see when they come over here, but I lost a lot of my lower-end guys toward the end. I think someone was in there scooping them all up. Yeah. Uh, wow, these prices did change quite a bit at the end. Okay, I've I've got the big board, but before we do that, Joe, uh, let's go through who you got. Are you ready for that? Yeah, man. It's kind of a weird one, but top-heavy okay. Rick Gaiman. Uh, only five players this week. They all are very much at the top um patrick cantlay 755 will zalatoris 741 tony finau 750 victor hovland and sam burns in the low six dollar range those are my five unusual portfolio for me i feel like they all have winning upside basically paying no more than than 750 for any player I feel pretty good if I can get two of them to finish in the top 10 and maybe one of them to contend for a win. Uh, I think I'll be having a good Sunday. Cantlay, Zalatoris, Finau, Hovland, Burns for Joe. Palmetto State got Kim. I don't know if that's Tom or Siwoo. Terrell Hatton and Christian Bezadenhout, three. Brett got uh, Justin Thomas, Sung J.M., Patrick Cantlay, Sam Burns. That's a lot of what you have there, Joe. Billy Ho, Shane Lowry, Adam Scott, Brian Harmon, and J.G. Funk got... Victor Davis Riley and Nito Pereira. So yeah, some tight, solid cores in these portfolios tonight. Yeah, tight, solid. Um, a lot of like the, you know, it started to get to the point where a lot of the guys at the very bottom that you needed, you know, they're they're the very last guy in the field, and you're asking them to finish like 31st or better. Um, it it felt like a lot. There was no one really down there in the in the two dollar mark, unless I got something wrong. Uh, John Rom jumped out early and was then stuck at like eight dollars and thirty five cents for a while. He closed at eight forty six, but Rory nipped him eight seventy seven, and then Matt Fitzpatrick at eight ten. Listen, I <laughs> I spent all night Joe singing the praises. I've spent all week singing the praises of Matt Fitzpatrick. I don't necessarily think he should be the third most expensive golfer here. Yeah. I think, um, especially with that. I mean, he just got dogged on this pre rank here. Twenty second <laughs> is is like. That's really, really tough. tough. Um, I, I love. I hope he plays really well and 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 proves to be a winner, a big one in this in this market. But man, that's it's it's a little bizarre to see him that expensive at that bad of a pre rank. Yeah, I'm trying to look at you know sitting right there above Scotty. I know that he struggled a bit last week. When's the last time we saw sub eight dollars Scotty Scheffler? It looks like you got to go back to the players. Um, so it's Player been a while where he's flirted in that eight, nine, ten dollar range. So. Good price on Scotty. If you think he's in for a little bounce back, good price on Justin Thomas. Like, yeah. uh, it felt like, um, you know, they all cleared their fair value on what Jock Market had projected, but weren't quite to the mark that I thought they were going to get to. Almost an all time low for JT. Hmm. Uh, Patrick Cantley, probably similar. 755. He's had a couple in the mid sevens. Finau, 750s. Altors, uh, Xander at 711. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, these are these are. I mean, I know it's obviously a different size field and payout structure, but these are some pretty good deals on these guys. 
Yeah, it's a good deal on Xander. I would have paid it too. I think I was right uh, below that at 710 uh, and thought I had it in and he got a big boost late. But um, yeah, I would have paid it. Sahith 433. That's asking him to finish, let's see, um, like 25th. That's pretty good in 60. That's top third of the field. Yeah, that's 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 a that's not bad. It's pretty good. I mean, it's a pretty big ask though, still for Sahith. Like, I feel like his top twenty number this week was somewhere in like the two to one range. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit of an ask to finish top twenty five, hmm. break even. Well, the fun's only just begun, obviously, because um, you can go and buy, you can go and sell, you can go and short golfers right now, and then obviously. Uh, as the week continues to roll on, nothing's stopping you from doing that all week long. And then Joe, we'll be back next week for the tour championship, which has a little bit of a quirk here in the jock market, doesn't it? Yeah. Only 30 players, a little bit of a twist. So, um, the way that it will work is it will not factor in the starting stroke. It will be lowest score with one exception and correct me if I'm getting this wrong. The player who does win the FedEx Cup will get that additional five-point bonus for finishing first. So with the most part, with that exception of like who finishes first, you just follow the the leaderboard, right? Yeah, so it's a little bit bizarre because um, the, it's the shadow leaderboard. So just everybody starts at even par. The, the PGA Tour strokes are not initiated. They're not, they're not taken into account. But because Jock Market... Uh, gives a win. Well, the uh, the official win from the PGA Tour comes from the guy who wins the FedEx Cup. So it does include the starting stroke. So that's the only thing. So I think last year, um, Rom had the best. Rom and Kevin Na, I think, had the best score yep. just straight up. But Cantlay got the extra five points because he won the FedEx Cup. Yeah, so Rom was low 72-hole score at minus 20. Cantlay was at minus 16 in the 72-hole score, but got that five-point bonus. But I think it's important to remember, like, if Cantlay shot minus 14, um, even with that five-point bonus, he wouldn't have overtaken John Rom there. So um, a couple of, there's a lot of interesting scenarios. We'll talk more about it next week. Short and field, the payouts will be once again adjusted, and we will be once again right here Wednesday night at 8.15. Same time, same place. Go follow Joe on Twitter at Tour Picks. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's BMW Championship. Good luck.